Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We're talking to Dr. Phil Cook. Welcome to the podcast today, Phil. Thank you very much, Craig. Okay, then let's make the transition to what I have talked about, which is that 90% of Christian media are basically pulpit TV shows. Either it's a missionary evangelist or a pastor or leader speaking from a pulpit. And as a programming uh, aspect or as, as a programming idea, if it were so successful, Fox, NBC, ABC, uh, and all the others would all have pulpit shows. And I know exactly where you, what you think about this, but talk about pulpit TV shows and the other aspects, the other possibilities out there that can really capture attention and tell stories instead of just a pulpit. Well, it really came from a much bigger issue, and that is the way Christian media is kind of set up. Uh, Christian radio, of course, is commercially driven, like most secular television networks and radio networks, which is great. But for whatever reason, in the early days, you know, Oral Roberts was really the first person back in the 30s and 40s. He was traveling around in the world in this 10,000-seat tent doing revivals. People were packing it in, just coming in from everywhere, and he had to use the tent because at the time, there were very few public arenas that could handle a crowd of that size back sure, in the sure. 30s and 40s. Sure, sure. So his friend, Rex Humbard, said, you know, you need to make a TV program about this. So they literally came to NBC here in Burbank, talked to him about the idea, and NBC said, sure, we'll carry it. Let's shoot it. But in those days, advertisers had a huge impact on the shows they sponsored, and they could decide the director. They could veto the content. They could have a huge influence on the programs. And Oral went back and decided, you know what? Maybe I don't want Gillette telling me what I can preach about, or maybe I don't want Alcoa Aluminum to telling, telling me who the producer or the director should be. So he canceled the deal. And then he thought, wait a second, if Gillette or somebody else can buy that hour, why couldn't I? So he went back into NBC and said, what if I raise the money to put the program on TV? And they said, sure, go ahead. So literally, Oral Roberts, of all people, created what we call today paid time broadcasting. And that's where you go to a network and you just say, look, I'll buy the slot outright and I'll put my show on. And that's the way Christian television started and it still exists today. Now, here's the deal. In the late 60s, early 70s, when there were still three channels, Oral, Billy Graham, a lot of others were getting gigantic audiences. And at that point, they should have gone back to Madison Avenue because advertisers started pulling away and said, look, we don't want to have an influence on your program. We just want a lot of eyeballs watching the show. They should have gone back to get commercials, but they didn't because they were just doing so well and reaching so many people. But then along came cable, which splintered channels into you know, hundreds of channels. Uh, my direct TV at home here in Burbank has about 500 channels. The average cable system in America is about 180. And at that point, the audience started splintering and we started losing, losing, losing. And we held on to this idea of paid time broadcasting. So as a result, we have this situation where a church or a pastor or a ministry leader wants to produce a program. Generally speaking, he's got to raise the money to do it. So they generally have to do pretty low budget um, efforts. So that's why I'm going to show up in my pulpit and preach Sunday anyway. So why don't we just set up two or three cameras, shoot that, and we'll make that the bulk of our television program. So that's what got us into the situation we're in now. So I think 
the problem is though, as you say, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, layered and layered and layered. And now all day long we see preaching programs and it just gets old. There's a place for that. But I think very often we just see that 24 seven and people just turn it off and get tired and walk away just because they see the same format over and over. So we've got to do two, uh, one of two things. One, either preach a message that's so powerful and, and, and compelling people will watch it no matter what. Or number two, explore some other opportunities. We've done a little with talk shows. We've done, a, you know, not much with drama. Uh, there's so many, you know, not much with documentary. There are other formats that I think we should explore and within the budget constraints that we all live in to try to reach a bigger audience with our message. That, that was, that's a mouthful, but people need to know that's how we got here. It's not just somebody, not just every preacher in America wants to do a preaching show. They actually, I work with them for a living, and I know so many of them would say, I'd love to do something else. They just don't have the budget to go do a dramatic show or a high-end documentary or something else. So it, it is a realistic challenge. We're talking to Phil Cook here on the podcast. Phil, you consult to probably, you must get hundreds of people talking to you every year, maybe even more than that. There must be people you tell don't go on TV. And talk about that. What do you tell them? Uh, yeah, I fire some I fire some clients occasionally. Um, you know, television A is very expensive. And so, you know, even in a simple preaching show, it's it's still expensive because of the media buy. And then if you want to shoot it, you know, today we live in a world where people are very sophisticated. And so it needs to look good. You've got to have a, you know, HD signal. The lighting has to be good. The camera work, the directing has to be good. And so otherwise people just won't put up with it. So there's a lot of constraints. And so I'm, you know, number one, I, I used to feel guilty about it, but I started realizing that, look, if you can't afford to deliver a quality program, you're just wasting your time. So I do make money a, a certain benchmark with clients we work with. If you can't buy the media time, if you can't afford the cameras and the lighting and the quality crew necessary to, to capture the show well enough to get an audience, you're going to fail. So I kind of use money. You know, it sa sa sounds kind of crass, but the truth is I use money as a benchmark because that tells me how serious you are. If you're really serious about putting your money where your mouth is and doing something with excellence, then let's talk. And um, th that's kind of where we start. But there are other things, you know, just a, a person's presence on camera, um, you know, how well they can actually – you know, how, how well they move on camera, if they hug a pulpit the whole time, that's probably not going to work. So there's a lot of issues that go into making it. And while some people would say that sounds a little bit, uh, you know, capitalistic or brutal or crass, the truth is, you know, the audience is a hostile audience. Now, like I say, I've got a 500 channels here, and, and our experience indicates most people take between two and three seconds to decide what channel to watch. So in that very, very challenging, difficult world, we have to do everything we can to try to get that audience. Otherwise, what's the point? So we have to be pretty strict about how we look at these kind of things. This has been a wonderful conversation with Phil Cook, who is a producer and director based in America, but he speaks all over the world at conferences and film schools. You can find him at philcook.com. We will continue the conversation on the other side of the break. You'll hear from us in 30 seconds. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. 
If you were talking or consulting with a pastor that walked up to you at a conference, uh, a seminar, or made a phone call to you at your office, met with you, however, it, however the contact happens, and they did not want to go on to television but wanted to try other platforms, other avenues, and they didn't have a big budget, are there a couple of things that they could do? What would you, what would you advise them? Absolutely. We have, uh, there's a number of things you could do. Live streaming, for instance, is much bigger than people think, you know, where you just connect onto the web and, and show your program live online every Sunday. We actually have three churches that we work with right now that actually get such a good response to their live stream. These people are giving, uh, so actually financially supporting the church so much that the church is getting as much as a third of their total income wow. just from their live streaming audience. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. And you have to be intentional about it. You have to treat it like a multi-site church. They have a pastor who will go into the chat room and talk with people and pray with people. They do a special open and closing for it. Um, during the, the worship, very often the pastor will step off to the side of the stage and look at the camera and address the, the live streaming audience and welcome them and thank them for being there and makes them feel like they're a part of the service. And then when the church takes an offering, um, they roll a video that explains how you can give. You know, watching watching people pass a plate for three or four minutes or five minutes on TV is pretty boring. So they roll a video that explains, hey, you're at home. We'd love for you to be a part of this and help support what we're doing. And we explain how to give online. And and so th they're intentional, and it's really a positive thing. And their, audience, their online audience, in these cases, come from all over the world. You know, we, we've gotten past that day of being scared that if we go on live online with a live stream, people won't come to the service. Well, we're way beyond that. If your church is so bad that uh, they're not going to come to watch you live, uh, they, they'd say, rather stay at home and watch the stream, you've got bigger problems than that. Sure. So we encourage people to explore live streaming. Another thing is short films. Something that you've done an enormous number of, Craig, is short films. Yeah. Uh, many people, many marketing experts are calling 2015 the year of online video. Um, what we're discovering is 46% uh, of people that watch a two to five minute video online want to find out more about the product. Um, we've discovered that the 55 and older audience watches the same number of online videos as the 20 something audience. So I think this is a, this is a big potential. We, we have a number of clients that have us come in to do fundraising presentations, awareness campaigns, uh, calling attention to projects they're doing, all kinds of promotional videos that can be sh shared. And that's a great, that's a great platform for testimonies. If you have, People in your church whose lives have been transformed uh, because of the message you're sharing, shoot a testimony, tell their story, and get it in a two to four-minute video. I, I say two to four because statistics, uh, a number of years ago, statistics indicated that 66% of the audience bails out after about two minutes of watching a video. Right. But we are finding that people are watching more and more online videos, so it's becoming more comfortable, so I'm stretching that to four to six minutes. You know, a lot of people are watching full-length programs now online. So, but when it comes to watching on your computer or watching on your mobile device, usually in in terms of short films, I've discovered that four to six minutes is probably about the sweet spot of making those things work. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.